Hey friends, welcome to the Courage Queen podcast. Do you want to have more confidence and courage in your life? Do you often question if you're on the right path? Maybe you're hoping somebody drops off a step-by-step guide for success. Do you wake up ambitious and hopeful, but become fearful and frustrated not knowing where to begin? Another year has gone by and you feel like nothing has changed. Trust me, I've been there. I'm Justine, and like many of you, I'm a young professional with big dreams. I often felt unworthy and incapable, wishing I had the clarity and the peace in the unknown. I wanted to be confident in my abilities and live life with more impact, but I kept fearing I wasn't living out my full potential. It wasn't until I started trusting God, pressing into life's hard moments, I was standing in the way of my breakthrough. And in this podcast, you're going to find ways to increase your confidence, grow your faith, and simply fear less. The good news is you're here, and courage starts with showing up. Hey guys, welcome back to the Courage Queen podcast. This is your host, Justine Wenzel. We are jumping into the three reasons that you are struggling with self-discipline. We're going to jump right into all the juicy details of this because there's so much to go over. And one of the things I want to start with is the verse, Hebrews 12, 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And like I said, that is Hebrews 12, 11. This is talking about discipline in a long distance race. Any of you guys runners out there, I know back when I was in college, I <laughs> committed to running a 10K and literally not training for it at all. And I'm pretty sure that like the issues that I'm having with my knee 10 years later are from this pop that I heard in my knee as I was running over the finish line of this 10K that I literally didn't train for, was not prepared for. I think I just crossed the finish line based off of a couple lucky factors, to be honest. A, I was in pretty good shape already, even though I wasn't a runner. B, I had other people that I was running this race with. So I had a lot of positive encouragement and accountability. And three, because of just pure adrenaline. And we're going to kind of get into a little bit more about what that means. But there's going to be a lot of runner references because I think this is really one of the best ways that you can go in and describe this. And so if we go to Hebrews 12, 11, okay, let's go back to that. And I'm going to read a little bit out of the message version of what it says about discipline in a long distance race, okay? It says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We both began and finished this race we're in. Study how we did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's here in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot your well. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. So I really love how God is educating us. That's why He's asking us never to drop out. You know, when you are a parent, it is you know really 
troublesome for a lot of parents to discipline their kids, to punish or to discipline, to train them up. And God specifically says to train them up and they will not depart from your ways. And we know that only irresponsible parents would leave these children out to fend for themselves. And we often look at God the same way. Like, would we prefer an irresponsible God? I think we could all agree that when we've been disciplined throughout our lives, that we respect our parents for training us. And I think that when we look at the way that God also trains and instructs us as his children, we can respect our own parents for the training, and we can also understand and embrace God's training so that really at the end of the day, we're truly living, okay? You know, our parents did what was best or what they thought was best at the time with us, but God, if we look at this, has the same feelings in regards to us as his children, okay? So we're going to get into a little bit more of this today, and let's talk some more specifics. I'm going to dive in with you. Three reasons why I truly believe we are missing the mark on discipline. What are we missing? Why are we struggling with discipline? Why are we struggling with being self-disciplined? Well, the first reason why is because we think that discipline is just going to happen. (laughs) We are relying on our willpower. And the problem, I think, with relying on our willpower is that it's never going to be enough. When we're relying on our willpower, that is always going to fail. You know, we chalk up discipline failures to a lack of willpower in the first place. We look at people that are super successful and we just think that, you know, if we just had some type of like iron will, we could stick with whatever it is that we want to be committed to. But willpower is not the problem, at least not in the way that we think. When we abort some resolve, we'll actually, our willpower, it's really overriding that in the moment. You know, our will always obeys our wants, and it's our real wants. It's not our fantasy wants. And our real wants are based on our real beliefs, not our fantasy beliefs. So when we can't sustain some new self-discipline to get the job done. You know, if we want to get a different result, we need to do some different things. And so we kind of put ourselves through a new self-discipline regimen. Like, okay, I'm going to be on a diet and from now on, I'm not eating any carbs. Or from now on, I'm not drinking any alcohol. Or from now on, I'm going to wake up at six in the morning and I'm going to work out every single day. We put ourselves through a new self-discipline regimen. Or you know what? I want to hit a goal. So every single day I'm going to make five booking calls or every single day I'm going to hand out three business cards. And really, it's very likely that our resolve was based on a fantasy reward. What typically happens is we imagine what experiencing the benefits of attaining some goal we have might feel like. Is it the perfect body? Is it achieving a specific goal in our career or advancing in our career? Is it really, again, the fruit, the financial savings? Is it a new boldness or confidence that we have? You guys, I'm sorry, but literally my dog is losing it right now. She's losing it. So if you hear her panting in the background, you know that I'm straight up holding her in like a baby carrying position right now. She's a big ball of fluff and baby. And I'm trying to calm her through these fireworks that are going off 
outside of my house right now. So anyways, don't worry about that. Just in case you didn't hear that and now you think that I'm crazy. But what we imagine appears desirable to us. We have like a sudden burst of information. So we make a resolve. We think or want to think that our inspiration stems from this new conviction that the reward that we imagine will make us happy. It'll make our lives better. And then we experience the unpleasantness of self-denial. The inspiration suddenly is gone and the goal we've now convinced ourselves is no longer worth it. We're not willing to change anything that we're doing or we maybe tried it for a little bit and we just aren't really seeing progress on paper. So we give it up. You know, the scale, the number on the scale is not going down. We don't see progress. What happened? We liked the imagination of the reward, but the reward itself wasn't real enough to fuel our discipline. We didn't really believe in it. It was a fantasy. And when that fantasy is gone, we realized we wanted another reward more and our will followed. It wasn't a lack of willpower. It was a relax. It was a lack of reward power. So I truly think that's what it is, is we're relying on our willpower to figure out how discipline falls into place. Like, oh yeah, we're just going to do it because it, we're, we really believe that it's going to change our life. But that goes away so quickly. Let's talk about the second way. We're not training strong enough to actually run the race. We're running aimlessly. And this is something that I really love too, because I think that we underestimate the training required. You know, like think about that 10K race I was just saying, or think about, you know, making the decision to run a marathon and you never trained before. You know, you tell yourself, oh, it'll be no problem. Like I've maybe done this before. Maybe you're convincing yourself you've done a certain amount before and you're convinced yourself like, oh yeah, I could totally do that. And then you sign up and you realize very much like I did, whoa, this was a horrible idea. I should have trained for this. Your muscles are tightening up. You're like, your body's crying out in pain. Or maybe you literally feel the pop in your knee like I did as you're crossing the finish line. You're like, okay, this is not good. And I definitely should have done something. I hope I don't have like a serious injury. But Paul writes in the word that training makes all the difference. He writes in Corinthians 9, um, in 1 Corinthians 9, 25, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. So just as a runner must train to finish strong, we must train to finish a race that I feel like glorifies God. And what are some of the ways that we can train up in order to run this long distance race, whether it's our long distance race of faith, whether it's a month end goal, a year end goal, a specific goal that you really believe is going to make your life better, that's going to enhance your life in some way. I think some crucial things here is that we need to focus on the word. You know, we have to bathe ourselves in the truths of the Father and not conform to the thinking of the world. You know, not allowing us to be shaped by the world. We need to have regular time thinking deeply about what God says and about his truth. You know, we need to wrestle in prayer and ask God difficult questions. You know, prayer is a key area of spiritual training. There's not just 
physical training, there's spiritual training and emotional training. So some don't train themselves to pray because they just really don't know how. You know, praying with other people, asking other people to pray for you and coming alongside you. Like if somebody in your family is sick and maybe you're not a very faith-filled person, would you think twice about like asking other people to pray? Or if someone said, hey, how can I pray for you? Like, are you just going to be like, no, I'm good. Like, I don't need anything. I'm good. You know, praying with people of deep faith gives us deeper insights into the heart of God. And so highly recommending that you have people around you that will ignite your desire to pray and also come alongside you to help you run that race. That's how you grow in self-discipline. You know, any athlete knows the importance of this. It's not uncommon to hear, like in the Olympics and all these things, what people actually went through. And we may not recognize the value of training. You know, self-discipline, I think, scares many people because, again, they're not willing to sacrifice what it would take to actually get the results. Everyone wants to, you know, play golf like Tiger Woods, but then when you hear his training regimen and his diet and his schedule, people are like, oh, well, maybe not. (laughs) You know, it leaves us kind of with this, like, just do it feeling and figure it out later. And, you know, how can we get over this fear and actually grow in self-discipline? You know, we have to keep desire before self-discipline. We have to have that quiet time to really wrap our brains around, like, if I'd like to maintain this habit for the long run, my relationship with the Lord needs to be the motivation for my self-discipline. So if you're not taking this to God, if you're trying to go at this alone, you're not asking God those hard questions, it's going to keep you from being able to persevere. You know, like even as runners, there's that term that you hear like hitting the wall. And it's when you're totally exhausted and all your energy feels like you can't go any further. Like, what are you going to do in that case? Are you going to give up because it seems hard? You don't like where you are. You feel like you're too far gone. Or are you going to persevere? You know, I think so much of these habits, I can tell winners when I see them just based on how they communicate and how they commit to the small things. I can tell who's going to be successful because I see people that commit to something and they're so great at saying what they're going to do, but then when it actually comes to it, they won't persevere. They won't run through the pain. They won't put one foot in front of the other and push to the finish line to be a finisher. And I love that, again, in Hebrews 12.1, it says, We're encouraging believers to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. A runner has to push through pain, you guys. We have to persevere in life. And I think that that brings us to point number three, is that we are resistant and unwilling to proceed through pain and actually embrace it. And oh my gosh, this is such a shame. Because we have to have the right focus. Like in order to persevere, we have to have the right focus. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's going to be our source of strength in the spiritual battle of trying to push through the painful situations that we are going to embrace when you're running a race and 
you're running into the Lord's presence and we want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. But really, we don't hear that because again, anybody that we hear, we know how much they had to sacrifice. It's really not a surprise when we hear all the different things that someone had to do. It's really not a secret, right? A lot of these athletes spend millions and millions of dollars on their body, but they're training to run a race and they know how painful it's going to be and they're choosing to embrace the pain anyway, right? These elite athletes, they don't live disciplined lives because they think disciplined lives are virtuous. They're not pleasure seekers. They live disciplined lives and endure all sorts of self-denial because they want the pleasure of the prize, right? They believe that the pleasures of winning and setting records and pushing past any boundaries or limitations that maybe they have are superior pleasures to the pleasures of self-indulgence. And I think we need to be really real about, am I resistant to the pain and the stretch? Or am I going to embrace it? I'm not going to run aimlessly. I'm going to run focused on God, focused on the prize. And I also love how it says in Proverbs 6.23, For the commandment is a, is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. And in the message version, it kind of converts to say like, sound advice is a beacon. Good teaching is a light. Moral discipline is a life path. And I just love so much about this because I think we're just a part of the culture right now where people love to say, like, keep your eye on the prize. But the key to self-discipline, our real belief that the pleasure of a reward will be worth the denial of those lesser pressure pleasures is not something that we promote. You know, when we're doing that, that's what nourishes the spiritual fruit of that self-control in our lives. Wanting the rewards of the, that the Spirit offers, it's more than the rewards of sin or the world and what it can offer us. So if you're not pursuing the kingdom of God first, like it says in Matthew 6.33, if the surpassing worth of knowing Christ isn't causing us to count everything else as junk, rubbish, <laughs> The Spirit's remedy to this problem is not more white-knuckled, motivated efforts to be more disciplined. Instead, I think it's the Spirit inviting us into something that could be so much greater than we even expect and know. I think God wants us to examine this imperishable reward. He longs to give us this. He longs for our hearts to see it and feel it. The more that we seek it, the more that he will help us believe it. He'll reveal that to us. And the more that that happens, the more that we'll view self-discipline, not as something to be avoided, but as something as a joy that we want because we know what the fruit is. And we have to be reminded of that. Like I said in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, so run that you may obtain it. We've got to have that belief. For sustained self-discipline, for the glory of God, is always fueled by an intense desire for more joy in God. We have to persevere. We have to finish the race. That's how you 
do this life well. Because if you're so used to quitting on yourself when things get hard and you're not developing that long distance self-discipline, you're never going to hit the mark. And then you're never going to believe that you can hit the mark because you're always going to rely on all of your past failures of when you chose not to hit the mark before or when you failed. And the enemy is just going to keep putting you in a cycle of reminding you over and over and over again, well, you couldn't do it last time, so how could you do it this time? And I think we have to be so aware of that at all times that the enemy is constantly trying to remind us of our failures. Let's break the cycle, you guys. We have to be intentional about creating self-discipline. We have to be confident in going after, I'm going to continue to go through with what I said I was going to do long after the attitude or the desire in the manner in which I said it has left. Like maybe you're not excited about it anymore. You don't feel quote unquote motivated anymore, but guess what? You committed and if you're anything like me, you have to repeat to yourself, I commit, I do not quit. Let's run this race with perseverance and have power in the prize. I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, would you share it with a friend or share it on social and tag me at Courage Queen Pod so I can personally thank you. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to Courage Queen Podcast wherever you listen and make sure to leave that five-star review. Did you know we have a fabulous and free community for our listeners where we share all the juicy details for women who are ready to take action towards their dreams? Click the link in the show notes to learn more. As always, thanks for being here. Courage starts with showing up. And if you ask me, it's time to step into your dreams with faith-filled peace and confidence.